Welcome to Episode 7 of the Ideas Into Action podcast. I'm your host, Hamza Khan, and our producer, as always, is Kwaku Ajimang, a.k.a. Kwaku On Air, a.k.a. KOC, the young changemaker. A few days ago, the man with a plan officially announced his candidacy for the VP education role with the Ryerson Students' Union. Congratulations, sir. Just don't forget us when you make it to 24 Sussex Drive, eh? Speaking of making it, I couldn't be happier with how this podcast is turning out. We haven't even hit double digits yet in terms of episode count, and I can already see a marked improvement since we opened up with my boy George Khalife several weeks ago. I hope you can see it too. I think I'm more comfortable on screen and behind the mic. I'm asking better questions, and we're building out segments that are keeping the show flowing and entertaining. And that's all because of you, the listeners and the viewers. Your constructive feedback is a gift that keeps on giving. So thank you for being patient with us during this pilot season. It's a work in progress, and we're only going to get better. And honestly, keep that feedback coming. Hit me up on social media, email, phone, wherever. It's super helpful. Our guest today is Chris Backus. Chris is a fascinating guy who, much like myself, wears many hats. By day, he's the director of marketing for Canada's largest paintball retailer. By night, he helps build a growing fitness service. And somewhere in between all of that, he's managed to forge a successful YouTube channel where he entertains audiences with his comedic chops, professional acting skills, and incredible voice work. And here's the kicker. He went to school for neuroscience, of all things. In this episode, we talked about side hustles, confidence, and going all in on your dreams. We also talked about making time to be creative, structured downtime, and avoiding online distractions. It was a hilarious and insightful conversation that got me thinking about what I need to do to take this podcast to the next level, among other things. Friends, please give it up for Chris Backus. Alrighty, Chris Backus, aka Christoverse. That is me. My man, thank you for being here today. Right off the bat, I've got a gift for you. Oh. I really like this podcast. This right here is a Funko Pop bobblehead. Can you tell me which character that is? Shuri from Black Panther. Shuri from Black Panther. Do you know the actress who plays Shuri? I know her background. I know she is Guyanese. Yes. Which is very interesting. And I know her name, but I forgot her name. Latita Wright. There you go. The second famous actor coming out of Guyana or having Guyanese descent other than you, sir. Wow. Can you tell me about your connection to Guyana? So my parents are from Guyana. I am not. I want to make this clear because uh, Guyana is just my heritage. Mm-hmm. However, I don't uh, stray away from, uh, you know, spotlighting that. I love Guyana. I've been there before. I will definitely go back. So it is awesome that you actually remembered that and gave me this gift. And that's all yours. Thank Do you, you think in our lifetime we're going to see a actor or an actress with Guyanese heritage play a superhero? Do you think Marvel and DC are going to get their shit together and make that casting choice at some point? Well, interestingly enough, as of today, I believe Marvel just uh, released a Filipina character named Wave. Okay. So, yes, I believe that they are getting their crap together. (laughs) And I would like to be that uh, Guyanese heritage actor who plays a uh, superhero. If it's not me, I would love to see someone else do it. Now, could that happen? Like, could you take a traditional character? So let's say there was no new character invented for this, and we'll get into that in a second, but would you... Would you, as a consumer, be able to easily see, uh, you know, a Batman or a Superman or one of these iconic characters that we've previously seen as like straight white men mm. being played by someone else? And I think that's starting to happen now. We're starting to see that with Captain Marvel. Yeah. We're starting to see that across the entire Marvel portfolio. But do you think it'll happen in our lifetime? I think it's already happening. I'm a big geek when it comes to comic books, whether it's DC or Marvel. So yeah. shout out to both. Of course. A lot of people yeah, go on one or the other. Um, <laughs> there's actually a Muslim um, Green Lantern now. Mm-hmm. I believe his name is Simon Baz. I heard about that, yeah. Um, Iron Man, he has a predecessor. Predecessor, no. He has someone who's actually coming in. I think her name's Riri. 
and she's taking over. Interesting. Thor has a, a, a female character now. Hulk is gay as well and Asian. What? Yeah, man. Oh, Cho. Is Cho, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, see? see it's changing. <laughs> thing, thing, things are changing up, man. This is really exciting. But let's yeah. say they invented a brand new character. Right. And he was a typical guy and a man, if there was ever such Yo, a thing. Hilarious. What would his name be? What would the name of this Guyanese superhero be? I would say Balgobin. <laughs> but see, this is a problem. <laughs> they, they would say it's like curry man or roti man or something. But no, I would love to see. This is my thing. I would love to see like a Indo uh, Guyanese. Indo being because I'm an Indian yep. Guyanese person. Mm-hmm. It could be any type of Guyanese person. But for myself, I would love to see an Indo uh, Guyanese character from the western hemisphere with a normal like westernized you know sort of like name just like they did with wave yeah they didn't call her some tagalog name yeah. right can you imagine yeah. yeah which is cool it spotlights that but that's what i want because that's where i grew up so that's really interesting i love it when there's intentional decisions made about these characters mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily focus on what makes them different i thought the yes. first example i saw of that that was really cool was an x-men first class mm-hmm. where they had um i forget his name man he's in game of thrones uh, ah, geez, Tyrion Lannister. Uh, Tyrion yes, Lannister. Yes. So they had him play a uh, politician in X Men First Class. Not a single joke, not a single reference, not a single acknowledgement of the fact that height wise he was different than anyone else. Exactly. He just happened to be that. And he was a character that was very compelling, very interesting to watch, and never once was he the butt end of any joke over there, which I thought was, hey, that's another way that we can go about showcasing diverse characters where they just are and they just show up and they are themselves. And it's interesting that you say that because I am a big believer in don't say it show it mm-hmm. um and i find as we'll get into this as a marketer um when you just let's say black panther black panther was awesome because that was the first time i believe first time they had like an all uh, african-american cast mm-hmm. and but, crew as well man exactly yeah, for the most but, part but there's also like with wonder woman she was like a female heroine that just came in and they didn't really say, oh, they didn't push that. She just was what she was. With Captain Marvel, in my opinion, some people may disagree, they pushed it too much. And I feel like if you just keep putting that in, putting female leads, you put in the brown guy lead or there's a movie that just came out in England where the lead is an Indian guy. Okay. They didn't say anything about him being Indian. They didn't give him an Indian name. They just let him be who he is. Yeah. And I saw a lot of good comments where they were like, this is how it should be. Interesting. Don't, yeah. So do you think with Captain Marvel, they're pushing that agenda too much? They're pushing the fact that she's a female superhero? Yes, because it's for, in my opinion, it's for money. I don't like that. I know that's that's a business move. I like the whole humanitarian way of looking at things, right. that we just want to do it because. Um, and that's what certain movies get right, where they just push it because they... They want it to be that way. But but do you think that there's also some benefit to being overt with it and being um, sort of direct with positioning Captain Marvel as a female-first film, as a female-centric film, and that maybe it can be used to inspire a new wave of thinking, a new way of filmmaking, and get people to tune into Marvel and superhero narratives in a way that they might not have otherwise? Because I imagine a large, if not probably bigger swath of the population that watches superhero films identify as women, identify as female, and are able to see themselves not represented in previous movies. And so now with Captain Marvel, they see themselves on screen, and it's it's a powerful moment. But I would counter that and say, isn't it the same thing if you didn't have to push that agenda, for instance, with Wonder Woman, where there was tons of girls at Halloween, little girls dressing as Wonder Woman? I think it could work either way, but Mm -hmm. with the second way... Using the Captain Marvel example, uh, it tends to 
it's like pointing fingers, in my opinion. This is, of course, my opinion. Uh, it segregates in ways because then it makes other people upset and makes instead of just letting it be what it is. If there was just a bunch of Wonder Women or Captain Marvels without saying it, I think. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that would? Uh, this work? is this is really interesting, and like I've, this is my first time actually talking to somebody who who's, who shares that opinion. So I'm interested in like unraveling unraveling it a bit more. I know that there was a lot of controversy around the promotion of Wonder Woman, especially with something called Smilegate. Nah. So if you notice all the posters of Captain Marvel, she's not smiling in any of them. Right. And uh, she received some backlash and criticism from people saying, hey, you know what? You're a female superhero. You should smile. And, you know, some of the typical mm -hmm. criticism and some of the bullshit that women hear from of on course. a day to day basis. Yes. And so she, Brie Larson, went out and created some mock-ups of other posters like Iron Man, Captain America. And she put smiles <laughs> oh, on I them. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. And they looked fucking yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> Just so as to prove a point that, hey, like, I'm a superhero. Take me seriously. Treat me with the same sort of respect mm. that you would treat all of the other superheroes. And so I thought that was interesting. Yes. But I can also see from the other side why um, a whole other swath of the population looks at that and says, this is a pro-feminist film. This is a film with a political agenda. I don't want to get behind this film, which I don't necessarily agree with. Yes. See, Brie Larson herself, I, I commend her for pushing the boundaries and telling people what it is. So I'm separating her from Captain Marvel. I don't like the marketing for Captain Marvel because that is a company forcing it. Brie Larson is a person giving her opinion. Uh, so it's two different things, in my opinion. But let, let's go back to that. And sorry, I, I don't mean to beat a dead, dead horse over sure. here. But, yeah. you know, when it comes to, <laughs> what would you say Guyana Man's name was? Uh, Bal Gobin. <laughs> so let's say you get the role for Bal Gobin, right? Right, right. And you want to, like, create this moment in time where you can inspire a whole new generation of people who have Indo-Guyanese descent. Sure. Would you not want the fact that you're Bal Goldman to be front and center? <laughs> Sorry, I can't say that without laughing, man. Would you not want the fact that you identify as Guyanese, Indo-Guyanese, to be front and center? Like, it should be a prominent piece of the marketing. I think in the content itself... Because it's a new thing, you know what I mean? Fair enough, but I think in the content itself, if the character was Guyanese, that's enough that you're pushing that in the vi the movie itself. Sure. And people watching it, you're going to watch it, what, one or two times, maybe 10 if you like it that much, mm -hmm. and it's already embedded in your head. And people who are inspired by that will be inspired, and then you'll see more Indo-Guyanese or uh, Portuguese Guyanese, Black Guyanese, doesn't matter what type of Guyanese, but it'll just grow, it'll disperse, and it's... Be, become bigger. Mm -hmm. That's what yeah. I see. I suppose the, the approach that, that you're pushing, like uh, advocating for over here, is the one that we saw with Tyrion Lannister's character, mm -hmm. where he just is. He just was exactly. a character, and so you know what? I I don't know if necessarily one approach is right or wrong, but uh, yes. I think what we're talking about here is effectiveness. It's of left course. to be seen what happens over here. Very interesting. Have you seen Captain Marvel? I have not yet. I haven't. I, I think it. I'm watching it next one? weekend. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I love Super Marvel, excited. So. I hear there's like a second after the credits scene that t that tees up Endgame. Very, very. Uh, Always. I actually okay. I have a thing where I read the end of all movies before I watch it. No, you're one of those. Read, bro, you're just exactly like my brother Azim, man. <laughs> oh. God, he he downloads movies, watches them, and then decides if he wants to go watch them in theaters after the fact. I'm like, what are you doing, man? What, what, what kind of well, you psychopath? <laughs> I got trust issues, man. I've seen some movies. I'm like, I need my my time back, but you know. Fair enough. So, have you already read the the end of Captain Marvel? I read the entirety of. Captain Why Marvel. would you do that to yourself, man? Know, man? But you know, it's it's different when you watch it because there's still that t the timing's different than when you read. You see it play out. So, so see, oh, yeah. I'm the opposite, man. If I watch a trailer, yeah then I have an overactive imagination that automatically fills in the blanks for me. So a couple of movies I'm going into totally dark. Godzilla, King of Monsters, and Us. 
I have no idea what's happening in either of those movies. I haven't seen posters, haven't read anything, yeah. haven't watched trailers. Because the last time I tried the trailer, which was Spider-Man, the one with Jamie Foxx. Oh, yeah. Dude, they gave out the whole movie in the trailer. Yeah. And then I'm sitting in the movies, and I'm like, this fight scene hasn't happened, this scene hasn't happened, this dialogue hasn't happened. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, okay. So if we map this along a traditional story arc, mm. there's still exactly 60 to you know 80 minutes left in this movie. And I was just so pissed off the entire time. It's fair enough. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. You're I got passionate so about your movies. I like that. I, I'm 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 upset for you because I feel like you're robbing yourself of the joy of really enjoying Captain Marvel the way it was intended. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say that because I like watching things more than once. Fair. If they're good. Yeah. If they're not good, I will watch it that one time and I'll say, okay, yeah, it's crap. You know, surprisingly, sometimes when I read something, it's actually better when I watch it. Mm, interesting. So let's say a, a, a comic book comes out, Kyana Man, you know, <laughs> Bob Gobin again. Sorry, <laughs> I'm, holding, not, I'm not letting this go. Who, who would the nemesis be? I, I think the nemesis would be Trini Man. <laughs> See, that's what I don't want to say it, but that's, that's what they'd make it. They would spin it that way, yeah. <laughs> what would Trini Man's powers be? <laughs> I don't know, man. Saying uh, curry chicken. <laughs> Oh and then it would just like bro. send this wave to the guy, and he's first like, "Oh, why? Why is there such animosity?" I've always wondered, man. I've never got a clear answer. Why my Guyanese friends and yeah. my Trini friends are uneasy around one another? I don't know. <laughs> I see. This is not a question for myself because I don't live there. But from what I've heard, is things like curry chicken, chicken curry. Um, them saying one is backwards mm -hmm. in the way that they're developing. Uh, yeah, stuff like that. And maybe it's just the fact that they're they're both there There's was was Guyana once upon a time a colony it was yeah it was colonized by six different uh, holy shit by six yeah that's why you see I a lot we talked of... about this in one of the previous episodes of the podcast did you i don't i can't remember did, which did which have another guyanese person no we didn't have i don't know if we, we had a guyanese person necessarily we had we had we had someone jamaican we had jasmine on uh, i see yes but i could have been i could make some conversation so six different colonizers so uh, the british yes. the spanish french dutch Yes, and so basically, right now there's the um, uh, the Amerindians. So that's like more of the like native to that country. There's the Portuguese, the Chinese, the whites, the blacks, the uh, Indians. There's just so many different cultures. Wow. Um, obviously, amongst them, there can be harmony, and there's certain parts where they don't get along. Well, you see that anywhere, right? But the food must be popping there, though. <laughs> oh, trust me, man. Yes. The perfect melting pot over there. Yeah. Let's uh, I let's start talking a little bit more about your career and sort of sure. the multifaceted empire that you've built for yourself, starting with acting, right? So, you know, I, I thought about, like, the fact there's hardly any famous actors with Guyanese heritage. Right. I mean, there's really just Latita Wright, and next up yeah, we're going to so have... going to hold up Shuri. Ba like Ball Gobin coming out in 2028, <laughs> man. Yeah. How have you managed to prioritize acting when you're juggling all of these other things, like how have you made acting uh, a relentless priority as you as you're working as a marketing manager for not just one but two companies, mm. and then also growing your YouTube channel? How has acting remained? Uh, how has the fire remained alive over there? I kind of want to go back in time for a very short please uh, minute. Um, so I, since I was like five, I've been doing tons of things. I've always loved writing. Writing was my first thing, and I had written a screenplay that was 500 pages when I was 12. Um, I just loved learning new things. So writing, and then I started singing and rapping at like eight. I did photography, video, and it just kept snowballing. I started doing all these different things for myself. Um, so I liked to stay hungry and evolve myself. So since I trained that way, trained myself that way for my whole life, uh, come today, the present time, it's just like another day to me uh, doing these different things. I've learned early on to 
time manage. Um, so being in the position I am at my full-time job, I started as a graphic designer, uh, but because I was a marketing manager for like four different companies, a startup and then a very established company, I just asserted myself and I said, hey, we, we should be doing it this way, doing this that way. And the timing was just perfect. I was promoted to director of marketing. It's a 30-year-old company. Um, I have my own office, which is really cool. Right on, buddy. And a lot of people, so we spoke about this quite a few times, you being in marketing as well and business, people don't know what marketers themselves do. They think it's social media. And I tell you. My dad thinks it's advertising then, yeah. Right, see? And you just hear this all the time. They don't realize they're, I just did a talk on this two days ago with business owners. I I talked to them for an hour about marketing. I do this every year. Um, They didn't, a lot of them don't realize how much goes into it. I showed them the branches of traditional marketing versus digital marketing, uh, that you're wearing tons of hats. And so in that sense, I'm already conditioning myself every day to do more. Mm -hmm. Because each each thing actually grows me in a different way. And it's it's an evolving discipline. It changes with the people. It changes with the times. I mean, every day I wake up as a marketer, it's a brand new day. Yes. Just because of what's happening in the industry with technology, with shifting behaviors and expectations. Mm -hmm. It's a job that you can never really get bored in. And um, Peter Drucker talks about there only being really two dimensions of of business. Innovation and marketing. Innovation, the practice, the process of creating something of value. And then marketing, the act of taking that to the customer. Mm-hmm. So in many ways, the things that we're working on are so integral to the business. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but but the, but the curse with that is that it's just that it's integral to the business, which means you're always on and you're having to to work your ass off. Yeah, and a lot of companies still can't think, phone it in. Yeah. Right, and they still think two things. They think it's sales, marketing. An aspect of it is sales, right? Um, and they also think that it's the easiest thing to let go of. But they don't actually realize it's counter to that. Marketing can make or break your business. Big time. Um, so I find it interesting being in this industry now. Yeah. What advice would you give me as somebody who wants to get better at doing impressions? Because I feel like I totally fucked that up. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that a lot of people say that you need to practice. I actually never practiced um, just at home. I wouldn't look in the mirror. You can do that. I would suggest just jumping in. There's a lot of websites like Behind the Voice Actors is one example where you can audition and they will actually vote if you're good or not for that role. And then sometimes you can actually ask them, what did I do wrong? I think feedback and criticism is more important um, for you to grow um, than just practicing by itself. A lot of people practice and they go in, they'll never know what they did wrong. They kind of just go back and they do the same thing over and over. I, I think a strength of mine is that I'm able to be that vulnerable and I'm honest with myself. I will tell my girlfriend, she can uh, attest to this, I will say what my weaknesses are. And I'll say, you know what, I've made this mistake, or maybe I was a little too controlling in this situation, or, you know, certain things, or I, I act a little too insecure. I'm going to work on that. I, I've done this in my own podcast. I spoke about how we're not, we talk about positivity so much, mm-hmm. but with positivity, you can't be positive if you don't know what negative means. But as an artist, though, do you also feel like you have to, at some point, drown out the voices of other people and drown out criticism because... Nobody knows your craft and what you're trying to do better than you. So how do you balance that? How do you balance being vulnerable and open to feedback, but also staying steadfast on the path to uh, getting what Chris needs to get done? I think you you would obviously know the difference between productive and constructive criticism as opposed to a hater um, Mm -hmm. in regards to the channels that you're going through. Like if an audition, you go for an audition and these, the panel gives you 
criticism. That's more important than a person on the street saying, yo, you suck, right? It's two different things. Right. Um, and just looking inwards, reviewing things you've done in the past, whether you're in business or you are an artist, and saying, oh, I really fucked up there. Mm -hmm. um, instead of saying, oh, you know what, whatever, I'm great. Let me try it again. You want to know your weaknesses. I think you have to look inwards first. Do you get hate comments on your YouTube channel? Oh, yeah. All the time? Uh, there's one particular video. Uh, I don't know if you've ever watched Ownage Pranks. I have, yeah. So <clears throat> I did all of his impressions at that time okay. before his new characters. He messaged me, sent me an email, and he said, dude, this is hilarious. This is awesome. Nice. Um, and I was getting great comments. Wow, this is great. And it took two comments that were completely opposite. One guy's just like, this fucking sucks. What? And another person said, close, but not great. And then it became a, a polarized video. It's amazing how one or two comments that are opposite, people just jump onto that. And I'm not saying they're wrong. I could have been off with one or two, but it was so polarized. Half the people said, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And half were either saying it's okay, could be better, or, oh, this is trash without even watching it. Wow. Didn't get to me because I'm like, whatever. Doesn't mean anything. I think people take criticism worse when it's someone that's close to them. Mm -hmm. If it's like their sister or best friend, they're like, you fucking suck. Mm -hmm. It's a terrible friend or sister, first yeah, of all. Yeah, can you imagine? But I think that's worse for people than watching these comments online. I, I've always been afraid of online comments. Yeah. And so I, I stopped paying attention to negative YouTube comments a right. long time ago. Mental health has been way better. But I remember the first couple of negative YouTube comments I ever got. Mm. This is shortly after I published uh, my first TEDx talk. Right. Um, you know, glowing comments all around, 70 to 80% glowing comments. I'd see like another 10 to 15 or, uh, you know, constructive feedback. And then... The remaining percentage is just just haters tearing yeah. into me, man. And so, like, the first couple really got to me because I'm not naturally a confident person. I don't have natural confidence. I have to synthesize it, like, artificially create it. Mm. And I'm learning. I'm training myself, retraining myself over time how to be more naturally confident and more dependent on me intrinsically to feel good about myself. Yeah. But um, the YouTube can be a really dangerous place, man. Okay. And so I'm, I'm wondering, like, what are some of your strategies for seeing that feedback and then filtering it mentally and just you know, compartmentalizing the, the, the shitty haters and, the, you know, the hateful comments versus the constructive ones. Here's the thing. Well, in 2008, I had my first YouTube channel. Wow, man. And I believe I was one of the first brown guys, or brown people, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on there. When you searched brown guy, I was the first thing to show up for like five years. And then Just Rain came in. Yeah. And then Superwoman came in mm -hmm. afterwards. And I would have, if I had continued to go on, I was growing. Sure. But I got hacked. And this oh. was during the U of T times. I kind of just gave up. I was like, screw it. I need to focus on school anyways. Yeah, yeah. There was one video, the, my big video. I was like, hi, I'm a brown guy. I was literally being funny in the way that I was describing how brown guys act. Typical brown guys Yeah, act those were like the early videos. It's like, yeah. you know, 50, 50 accents that you could yeah, do or something yeah. like that, right? Well, yeah. this one was more like, oh, brown guys act like they're Spanish. So, yo, yeah. Spanish. Shit, stuff. brown guys say. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that did well. Um, but there were certain comments where one person called me a porch monkey. Oh my um, God, what the fuck? At that point though, I didn't care because I was so confident in myself that I replied in ways where I was like, thanks so much. You're awesome. And they actually apologize. When you give them that kindness back, they actually feel stupid mm -hmm. um, most of the time. The only comment that got to me was one person said to me, 
obviously as a fake account they're like oh um thank you for inspiring me to be a terrorist i'm like what the <laughs> fuck that that's points for creativity man yeah, well, i didn't do i didn't say anything about yeah. that so um I, I was lucky to have a lot of comments saying hey you know what that's fucked up like uh -huh. he didn't say anything like that and it was interesting when you get people fighting amongst each other like sticking up for you you know you've done something yeah um but anyway so moving forward i stopped youtube until four years ago oh man and in that time just because of the negative no the negativity that was coming through or? i just focused on other things okay. but i actually became a little doubtful of myself my esteem went from here to here oh no um various factors but going back onto youtube i actually got affected by everything i'd watch something i'd say oh man i need to and i started double checking things and thinking about things a mm -hmm. lot it's only until last month that I actually found, figured out how to just deal with shit yeah. again. And what you asked me, what strategies do I have? First of all, one big thing that you do is you don't look at, you don't need to look at everything. Yeah. You post, I notice a lot of successful people who don't give a shit are the ones who post things and don't look at it again. The post and drop, that's what I do, man. Exactly. That's a big thing because who cares? I didn't even know that George commented on one of the videos from like four or five weeks ago. I was like, oh, what the hell? Yeah. I, I, that's how infrequently I check the comments. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just important to grow yourself outside so that you create this armor around you where you know you're good enough. Because at the end of the day, someone telling you that you're shit is just a person going through their own shit and they can't deal with it. And that's what I think think about it too, because at one point I was really upset that these were people who genuinely had some malice and some hatred yeah. towards me or anybody. And I was thinking to myself like, oh yeah, it's definitely me. I'm the problem. But then yeah. the more I reflected on it, the more I realized like the, the act of sitting down, watching another person on YouTube and then feeling compelled to say something shitty. Mm -hmm. Like I've been in that situation before. Like I have been bullied and I have been a bully. Mm -hmm. And I know that the yeah. bullying side of me that came out when I was in like grade school, grade three or four, came from a really dark and hurt place. Exactly. And so I think about what it takes for somebody to be like, you know, sitting down there calling you a porch monkey. I'm like, yeah. oh, like what is that? I, I feel, I feel for you. Like I feel an odd sense of sympathy for you. Mm. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not angry at you, yeah. but it's like a, I'm disappointed and I wish things were better. Yeah, I felt, felt so at that point. I just felt bad for that person. I was like, this person's got some crap going on. Yeah, in man. Their head. Um, yesterday, perfect example. I. I told you I'm doing acting classes yes. now. Um, it's around DuPont area. So I drove home and this older white man was walking while I was driving this way. He's walking this way. He stared me down, spat at my car. What the fuck? Then that made me feel like shit for two seconds. I was like, you know, this guy is not, uh, he doesn't know shit about the world. And I feel bad for that I don't guy. think he was all there too, man. Like, and if he was, that's even more more alarming. Exactly. And that's what I, I just, I didn't take any offense to it. I was like, whatever. I have a great life. This guy has a sh crappy life if he has to do that mm -hmm. to feel better. Oh, man, that's super sad, man. Did you, watch, <laughs> did you watch this movie Brexit that came out recently? No, I didn't watch it. So Brexit with Benedict Cumberbatch, like straight up. I'm telling, I'm telling as many people as I can, like this is without a doubt the scariest movie I've ever seen. Like I thought it was yeah. The Shining. I thought it was like hereditary. <laughs> this is next level horror because it's speaking to something that's very real and happening right now, mm -hmm. which is echo chambers, filter bubbles, and people getting caught up in their own versions of reality, man. Oh, yeah. And so I imagine if I was to hack that guy's Facebook, I, don't, I wouldn't even know how to hack it. Let me mm. just guess his password and log in. I'm sure he's following a bunch of accounts that are intentionally manipulating his yes. worldview such that he's looking at people like you and I and thinking, hey, these people are immigrants. These people are taking jobs. These people are, you know, yeah. ruining society, so on and so forth. And he can't, he doesn't have the, the situational awareness or the tools necessary to recognize, A, that he's going through this kind of warped manipulation, this warping of, of his mind. But B, like he's helpless against the endless flow of information coming his way, man. 
Because yeah. I think those sentiments were always around, but the internet enabled people to now go on YouTube and get lost in the rabbit hole and watch whatever they want to watch and see whatever they want to see. Yeah, and this is the new age, right? Things are changing from the last uh, era to now. Um, so this is the first 20 years of the technological era. It's scary, man. And what what ha- what changes have you noticed, particularly as a YouTuber? So you've been doing this since 2008. You've been doing this for almost 20 years. So I rem- wow. remember distinctly as like a social media person, like riding the early wave of social media, what the promise was and sort of what it has become. I don't think we've realized the promise. In fact, we've gone in the opposite direction. Yeah. For you as a YouTuber, like was there ever, could you look back in time and be like, this was a golden period for YouTubers and content creators? Okay. And when was that? And what, what about it was? I'd say actually 2012, 2000, like 14. So why why was that particularly a golden period? Because the algorithms changed so much. Now they just um, YouTube has gone to this point where they just reward people for doing specific things, not for their creativity or anything. It's just oh, make long videos, make a ten minute video. So you can make ten minute video about crap, sure, or whatever, and that's fine. There was a time where animators would make actual web series, right? Mm-hmm. That like make amazing web series. These really talented people, they stopped. They gave up because they weren't getting anything out of it. Yeah. People didn't care. They put in all this time. YouTube would just be like, oh, yours was too short. Yours too long. It doesn't matter. So that's why you see a lot of the prank videos and the um, oh, vlogs man. and stuff. Yeah. It's because they're long and people just run to those. So this is this is essentially the, the, the viewers dictating what they want to see and then the algorithms and YouTube then forcing content creators to fit a certain mold. Yeah, well, it's a business now, right? You see the ads, some ads you can't skip anymore. Of course, YouTube has to make its money, but it's also not, it doesn't care at all anymore about the creator. And there's there's a type of video that you want to create. You want to create work where you showcase your voice acting, your Mm -hmm. professional acting, you want to showcase your comedy chops. But how do you then resist the the appeal of of doing a prank video doing one of these like unboxing videos or whatever is popular on youtube mm. right now how do you maintain that artistic integrity for yourself while not giving into the thing that you know will get you more v- views more subscribers and i struggled with that for a long time but you felt like you needed to do that right i i thought about it but i know myself and i will never go against what i believe whether it's for money or anything like that i could easily make one of those sillier videos to get big but it's not me and that's what I say to myself every time I'm close to it. I'm like, that's not me. I want to do things because I want to. I want people to feel this way because I did this. Not because, oh, I'm going to make a thousand million dollars or a million dollars off that. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And to counter that, I do things on the side or I have my primary job. So YouTube is an outlet for me at the end of the day, right? Um, people, I, I, I found a lot of kids, 18, like the gen, was it the alpha generation? Yeah, sure. They see YouTube as the only thing that they can do. They're like, I need to content create and I'm going to be famous. They right. don't understand the reality of life. YouTube is just another job. It's just another business. Some will make it, some won't. Mm-hmm. I think this is a bit alarming because some of these kids will just stop and be like, I'll be a rapper or a singer on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And then they get this rude awakening and they're they're stuck. Yeah, I, you know, I was interesting. I was looking at the data for every year that I've been teaching for the last four years, five years I've been teaching. Wow, it's been that long. Yeah. <laughs> 
six, fuck, if it counts Seneca. <laughs> and I asked the question, like, what do you want? What, what's your career path? What do you want to choose? And I looked at over the last six years, there's been a gradual diminishment, diminishing mm-hmm. of traditional jobs being listed as the options, such yeah. that my current class right now at Ryerson, they all want to be Instagram influencers. They want to yeah. be content creators. They want to have multiple side hustles. They want to have these new age jobs that rely on these technologies like YouTube, Instagram, that let them uh, work whenever they want, wherever they want, however they want, Right. which is super interesting. What advice would you give to somebody who's starting out who's graduating from university saying I'm going to go all in on YouTube I'm going to start a YouTube channel YouTube is going to be the thing where I invest my time in what advice would you give them and and through your answer I'll also understand what I want to do with my channel here well my question to that person is do you have the means to create a well thought out YouTube channel do you have a plan because there's various ways to go about this some people will say you have to have a backup others would say no screw the backup go all all in in." Um, but if you are to go all in because that's your main focus, you have to know what you're doing because YouTube is oversaturated. There are so many people on there that how do you stand out? There, there's like a guy who did a cat cat um, animation, and that's and he's getting famous because his cat animation is talking for the video game. It's not him; it's a cat. So if you got something viral like that, do it. But if you don't, you're going to, it's a long game. Like it's a long haul game. You're just going to have to keep going consistency. And I've seen people have great quality videos and they stop in the first year because they only got a thousand subscribers. And and do you think YouTube is the future? Do you think that this is going to be the channel that's going to outlast everything else? Like do you think Hulu, Netflix and all these, uh, you know, uh, these these platforms that are trying to buy content, do you think they're going to fall by the wayside and just give way to YouTube? No. Because YouTube is, as I said, becoming more and more of a business. It's just like Netflix and all of that now. Right. Think about it. Now they have the Disney network. But you, but you and I can't publish to the Disney network. Like you and I, if we want to go direct to consumer, we have to go through YouTube right mm-hmm. now, or we can go through the Disney and Netflix Hulu route and shop our content around. But but how do you know they're not going to change it? What if it reverses and YouTube becomes primarily they give up on their their uh, original content? content? Yeah, because oh, they have YouTube originals. Where's that going to go? What if Disney sees that? Oh, there's room to have content creators on here i don't know that's Mm. the thing with technology it changes what if all of that gets dropped and then it becomes all augmented reality and you're watching on a window you're watching tv do you feel the pressure to to get your work out there through some of the gatekeepers because i feel like you've created your own world you've created your own channel like christopher's is a channel like it's no different than mtv than hbo than showtime it's just a question of scale like you have viewers you have a way to access those viewers and you have content. So why why even bother with these other big networks? Because it's more exposure for things that I want people to see. So my goal on YouTube, again, is not to make big money. It's to open people's minds in the way that I've opened mine. So it, like, let's say there's two different ways to look at things. I look at it both ways. And then I make my decision. A lot of people judge things really quickly. That's why you notice with Crystal versus quite a few things that I do. I have opinions, but I also honor or um, I say, hey, yeah, your opinion could make sense too. That's the type of like lifestyle I want to get out there. So that's why I don't feel like YouTube for me, it's not growing that that sort of voice so that's interesting because i don't actually see that when i go on your channel i see like you're a traditional content creator or i say traditional in the modern sense like you're out there producing videos that are entertaining that they're providing me with with belly laughs with smiles with chuckles the the thoughtful content that you just spoke about right now i haven't really seen so is that a is that something that you want to come out with because i know that we talked about a podcast that you're sitting on i've actually had i have a podcast with 60 videos 
I didn't push it on Instagram or anything, which is where you probably saw the funnel. Right. Yeah, yeah. People who are on the YouTube channel itself have seen it. I've had great comments. Oh, uh, someone actually messaged me. Uh, they said they they have cancer and they're in the hospital and what? they were watching my videos and it made them feel better. Wow. I've had play people from Lithuania That's and uh, obviously Guyana <laughs> saying, thank you so much. I'm go getting I'm over golden. a divorce. Yeah. And this was so real to me. Um, so yeah, it, it is working. And that's a special thing, man. I, and I love that, you know, you have 60 videos right now of, of this podcast. Mm -hmm. Is it on the Christopher's channel, man? It is. I, I did hide it now. Because I didn't see it. Yeah. I, I did hide it for a bit and then I created a playlist and now it's hidden again because I'm doing it externally now, the podcast. Interesting. So I love, I love that somebody from Lithuania, from Guyana can just find your videos yeah. and just get lost in that funnel and just spend the next day or two going through all of your content yeah and you don't have to spend a dime beyond what you've already invested in terms of your equipment and also your time mm -hmm. like there's nobody buying your content nobody telling you how to run the show no. there's no delay oh, between let's, ideas to action let's not kid ourselves people tell me a lot of time how to run my channel but i don't mm -hmm. listen uh there's people who say oh you could do much better by doing pranks you could do this. Yeah. And, and I'm like, uh, that, that, no. You know, it's, it's so funny you say that, man. Like, I, as soon as I launched this podcast a couple of weeks ago, uh, I got a call from this podcaster in Toronto. I'm not going to say his name, but he called me and uh, he had good intentions, but he went off on this whole like 30 minute, one hour phone call trying to explain what I should be doing better with the podcast. Yeah. And uh, looking back, it was a little unsolicited. I appreciated that he cared enough to reach out, but I, I took what he said. I wrote it down and I thought about it a lot. I'm like, I'm not trying to create a business with this podcast. Like this biz, this podcast is strictly art for me. It's an opportunity to sit down with you, sit down with guests on Sundays and Mondays and just shoot the shit, have great conversations and go through this exploration of productivity and what makes people succeed in the modern economy. Mm -hmm. The minute I start thinking about this like a business, it's going to start feeling like a business. Exactly. I'm going to start looking at KPIs. I'm going to start looking at advertising dollars. I'm going to start looking at building structures and systems and processes that'll suck the life out of this. It'll make it less fun. Like Having humility and being able to poke fun at yourself is very important. Um, so this is great. I, I'm not regretting it. I've noticed a lot of professionals that I've come across in my life. I have singers who are really big now or uh, business people. They are so scared for people to see who they are. Yeah. Um, I've had I I've when I did my first channel I was I was talking to a specific singer and now she has millions of views and we're at Tim Hortons and she said Chris why are you doing it this way why do you do these silly things don't you you sing so just become a singer I'm like no that's not what I want to do yeah. and she's staring me in the eyes and she's like I would never do what you do because it's it's embarrassing and I'm looking at her now she's super serious it's like okay that's your thing but everyone has their own thing well, brother, this is the future, man. Like, and the example that I think about is like very recent. I watched on. Do you watch Jesus and Mero? No. Oh man, you, I got I got to put you on Jesus sure, and Mero, man. Yeah. Huge inspiration for the podcast. Yeah. So they launched a new show on Showtime, and the first episode they had uh, AOC on. Uh, Alexandra, oh, I forget. I keep on getting her name wrong. She's just AOC to me, Cortez. Okay. But she was on super unscripted. I mean, even if it was scripted, it felt very naturally, but it looked like they were just having fun. It was like a conversation like the ones we're having right now. There was right. ums and ahs and conversational mitigation. It was unpolished, fantastic piece of content, felt real. Yeah. And then last night, uh, Bailey told me to watch this new Cardi B interview that happened on ANBC or something. Okay. One of these news channels, a terrible interview. 
Like you had this traditional interviewer asking like very polished questions. Mm -hmm. It was very limited by the time that they had over there. So they couldn't go off and like, you know, we don't have a time time limit on this. Mm -hmm. We can spend as little or as long as we want on a certain topic. We can go on script, off script, whatever. But that interview with Cardi B was so terrible because of the constraints around it and then how it stood in contrast to the interview with AOC. So I think that like we might find that right now in this moment, this is a new territory for us, but I think I think history is going to look back and say the way that traditional media is running things, mm-hmm. uh, that that all came to a grinding halt by 2022. Right. That's as far as I'm going to go and say, like in the next five years, traditional media as we know it, news, um, you know, TV shows that have interviews and whatnot are going to come to a screeching halt and give way to podcast, give way to free flowing YouTube channels where you can just do whatever you want and talk about whatever you want. What do you think? I agree. I've actually asked people. Uh, for my own YouTube channel, I say, is this too much? Is it should it be more polished and whatnot? Because I'm real with the stuff I've done. Um, I say what I'm not uh, apologetic for what I say and whatnot. People are actually saying we want real, we want more real things, raw, mm-hmm. uncensored stuff. So I agree because I see it in the market. And I love it, man. Like we we we're seeing this now with Will Smith, man. Like shout out to Will Smith. Yes. What what Will Smith has yeah. done is is remarkable. Like he's become the anti-celebrity and that right. all these celebrities have prided themselves on creating distance between themselves and their audience. Yeah. He said, "No, hold on. I'm fucking Will Smith. I'm going to give you unprecedented access to my life." Like yes. he's he's running his accounts the way that like what content creators first started doing vlogging, first started doing like, hey, this is my life. Welcome to my life. See the inside scope of this. And I think this is going to be fantastic for him, man. You know who else I watch? Will Smith is one of two YouTubers I watch. I also yeah. watch Jason Momoa. Shout out to Jason Momoa. Yes. I heard his account is really good as well. Amazing. But taking the fact that we just said YouTuber and Jason Momoa and Will mm-hmm. Smith in the same breath. Yes. Like that's the future right there. Give the audience what they want. Like cut out the middleman altogether. You don't need the channel. You don't need the broadcaster to give you access into your life. He's going to become a bigger star. Like watch when Bad Boys 3, when Bad Boys oh, yeah. 3 drops, it's going to be one of the biggest movies of all time because all of us who are fans are going to go watch this. Mm-hmm. But also this whole new generation that has no idea what Will Smith, who Will Smith is and what yeah. he does, that has just followed him recently. Mm-hmm. through social media we'll be like oh okay this is super interesting yeah i want to check this guy out and he's this a perfect example guy. of evolving yourself you don't Big have time. to stop at being an actor and then you retire and you're done you always have some sort of wisdom to to spread across the world especially with that platform why stop there and just act and act and act and not absolutely show more of yourself brother on, on the note of wisdom let's switch gears a little bit and go into the performance point segment where i'm going to ask you nine questions about how it is that you manage and optimize your time okay. your energy and your attention because it's super fascinating what it is that you do and i'm finding that i'm learning a lot from you right now oh, and i know wow. that good. the listeners are learning a lot from you as well especially those of us who have multiple things going on who are also investing time online and trying to create their online brands okay so how do you first of all structure time to be creative because you have a unique role in that you have to be business-like uh, you're a marketer. You have to think like a marketer and be very tactical and strategic. But at the same time, you're also a creator yeah. where you have to think about creating and generating new, compelling, interesting ideas. How do you make time for the latter? How do you make time to be creative? So I did mention this before. Every week I do my inventory of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, reason being... <laughs> you mentioned it while you were sounding like Vegeta. Yeah. So it was really yeah. hard to understand <laughs> back then. <laughs> yeah. So there's a few things. So the inventory of your life, it literally keeps you in check. Um, I made a mistake earlier in explaining that it's, it's too... F- Go forward, but what it actually is, is something to show your present. Where are you right now? You don't need to fix anything going forward. You don't need to look back. In that moment, what makes you feel good? Okay, so uh, my health is great, right? Okay, I'm exercising, I'm doing this, 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 that. Um, But 
I have a spiritual aspect where it's going beyond. So what do I want to do? I want to travel. I want to learn more about creativity. How do I do that? I go and take guitar lessons or I go and I watch YouTube videos and I hone my voice acting skills. So I do this at work on my break. So when you are actually in that nine to five, which is what I do, I'm not completely ignoring the creative aspect because even in a creative role as a marketer, you still, it becomes droning at times. Mm -hmm. How do you keep yourself fulfilled? You have to have yourself um, look forward to something else. It's like, okay, I'm going to do this YouTube video when I get home. Right. I'm going to do it. And the next part is yourself. You have to force yourself. It sounds crappy, but the first few times you'll have to force yourself to do it. There's times I hated doing YouTube videos, even though they were super fun. I say, nah, I can't do it. But then I'd look at my inventory. I'd be like, you know what? I promised myself this, or I promised the audience this. I need to do it, um, and I won't regret it. Yeah. Then you do it, and then come three years later, I had done like 180 videos while working, two jobs, and doing other things. Wow. I feel like what you've done is like you've created an instinct for for creativity yes. because you've trained it and you've pushed through some of the difficult days where you didn't want to do it, but you oh, forced yeah. yourself to do it so that the skill was there and it was just captured. Like you had you almost uh, what's the what's the opposite of kinetic energy? Like stored energy. Sure. Yeah. I forget. Yeah. I forget the. This is why I, I switch over to English because I, <laughs> I forgot all these terms. Um, but it seems like when it's time to switch on, like it's very easy for you to just jump into that space where you can be creative because you've trained it like a muscle. You've trained your creativity. Yeah. Um, to, to work for you. Yeah. And I also absorb a lot of different things. So I love, I never limit myself for what I, I listen to for music. I love opera to Irish folk music hey. to rap, old school rap, rock, mm-hmm. uh, movies. I watch everything, foreign films and uh, just Western films. It doesn't matter to me. Like, cause you will always learn something conversations with people. There are others out there who will look at someone and say, Oh, you're below me. I don't mm-hmm. have anything to learn from you. You will learn something from every person that you meet. Someone like Ellen or Oprah will tell you the same thing. They learn from everyone that they speak to. You cannot count anything out because one word or one sentence someone says can spark something you didn't think about. Absolutely. And that's happened to me tons of times. Going into voice acting, I didn't even think about it until someone said it. Oh, you know what? Voice acting is a cool thing. I'm like, what is that? That's super interesting, man. And so like you've got the same 168 hours as all of us in the room. We all have the same 168 hours a week as Beyonce. How do you carve up your time so that you can give enough time to your day job, to the side hustles that you're working on? So the entrepreneurship, you, I know you're working with a fitness brand right now, trying to grow that as a marketing manager, yeah. also an actor building a YouTube channel. How do you look at your calendar and slice it up so that everything is getting the love that it needs? I do it in segments and I'm realistic. That's one big thing. A lot of people try to bunch so much in yeah. and they just don't do it because yeah, it doesn't That's how you sense. burn out, man. Yeah. There you go. Burnout gamble. Bam, bam, bam. Plug. <laughs> um, but obviously you have the nine to five, right? And then after that, you have a lot of hours after the nine to five to do things. Obviously you're accounting for travel time could be an hour and then sleep is the other eight sure. hours. Food, gym, all of that. Yeah. Exactly. But what? Gym's like what? Two, three hours a week. And you can more. turn that into uptime. Like the same way that you talked about using your breaks at work yeah. to focus on something. Like while you're at the gym, you don't have to listen to music you can listen yeah. to podcasts like this you can listen to audiobooks all oh yeah a hundred percent and outside of that for my other job i allocate a few hours a week to it um this is one thing i will say right off the bat keep honing your skills that's the only reason i'm doing these two jobs because i taught myself to do the video production and the music and all that stuff i've learned it all over time i don't need someone to do it for me so i can go up to a business and say hey i can do all your marketing for you right and then 
the other other half is being realistic. Do you want to do 10 videos a week? No, you can't. You can do one. And then you stick to that consistent amount of one video a week. Oh, I'll take three hours to do this video from start to finish. Okay, I'll do that on Sunday. Right. But then you also have to have your downtime, right? You have to have that meditation and listening to that, that music and hiking if it's summer. Things like that. You need to grow yourself and build yourself and do all that while being mindful of your limits. And so on the note of downtime, like what does downtime look like for Chris Backus? As I said, in summer, it's hiking. It's yeah. doing cool things like kayaking. Uh, Getting out into travel. nature, yeah. Nature. You got to be Big one time, with nature. Man. Listening to podcasts. There was a time where I stopped. I unplugged for three months from all technology. I was actually not working at this time. Oh, three shit. months. Uh, it was where I wasn't really respecting anything I had. I wasn't appreciative. But when you I were go, so caught up with things, right? Yes. Yeah. But when I go into that mode, I'm blessed in that way that I, I realize that and I always stop and I say, you need to like chill out and figure out your shit. And so I, I listened to opera music every day, listened to TED Talks. I was reading a lot. I didn't go out and hang out once. For three months. Yeah, I was like, you're not you're not allowed. That's how I have this like built-in thing in me where I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm punishing you. Yeah, uh, and punishing in a way where I'm going to make sure you learn from what you've done. Well, that's a good. I think that's a healthy self dialogue to have, right? So like you're regulating yourself. You're yeah. you're telling your mind to take over and 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 regulate what your baser instincts want. I think our baser instincts just want to get away from pain and move towards pleasure. Exactly. And if you let that happen without any sort of focus, then the, you just lean in, indulge into things that are 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 ha- are good for you in the short term, yeah. but will be detrimental in the long term. Right. And obviously there's times where I eat my junk food every day for like three months. Yeah. Or, sometimes right? you need that, man. Yeah. And sometimes you just, you lose sight of it, but then you always need to make sure you pick yourself back up. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you know what? Because at that time when I took three months off, I wasn't eating junk food or anything. It's amazing when you stop listening to mainstream music or any of that stuff and you go back into it. When I started listening to Kiss 92 and all that, again, you hear Kim, Kim Kardashian, um, call yeah. this girl a slut and blah, blah. Oh, and then, God. Jordan and... Fucking, well, that yeah, right? So you're hearing this stuff. Then you eat a fry or a chip and it feels like lead. And a lot of these fitness guys and girls will know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You eat that fry and it feels like lead. It's like heavy in you because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's not supposed to be there. And it's crazy how much garbage we take in, we absorb every day. This, that moment taught me that I need to surround myself with people um, that are forward thinking and stimulate your mind. You know, you've heard this, and you've probably told people this, be around conversations that will make you feel inspired when you leave. Uh, I don't like to be cliche and say things that everyone else has said already, but that is a big thing. That's a very effective thing to do. Couldn't agree with you more, man. And so like you've, you've touched on a couple of these like the small things that you do in your life, but let's break them down as far as energy is concerned. Okay. So what are the the daily habits that you have that put good energy into Chris so that you can have these long days where you're working on multiple things? Like what are the things that you do to, to, to build and sustain energy? At my prime in the morning, you would wake up an hour earlier than you'd normally wake up. Now, for. What time is that for you? For me at 5 a.m. Oh, damn. You're one of those, eh? Yeah. 5 a.m. Well, club. I, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and then you would, what I would do because I did neuroscience, so neuroscience touches on psychology as well. Uh, you would do that journaling. So I like the free thought journaling where you write and it's weird when you first do it, but you're literally writing every thought for a minute or 10 minutes, whatever you want to do. And then you start seeing the negativity in your mind and you see it on paper. So you just start changing that restructuring, restructuring your brain. Yeah. So that's the first thing right off the bat. 
Uh, you could jog. That's something I would do. Or just work out quickly at home. Deep breathe. I even did this in, at U of T. It was very helpful. I did yoga. Uh, people frown, guys frown on it. For yeah, some, I don't know why. I, I was one of those guys that used to frown on it. And now I'm now I'm regretting it because my joints pop like bubble wrap, man. I'm stiff. I have terrible posture. Fuck, I yeah. wish I did yoga, man. Well, you know what yoga did for me in university? Is just This actually answers your question too. Deep breathing, uh, that's a big thing that teaches you. So when you breathe in, you think slow or like deep when you think that it actually happens because you're telling yourself you're giving yourself an instruction so you breathe in deep you hold it and you breathe out slow you think that in your head and then you basically condition yourself to do that i found i used to stress out when i do an exam but when i studied and i i'd catch myself i'm like and then you'd realize oh everything's okay right so that's something i would do now with my energies to keep my energy up wow eating healthy and i'm not talking about healthy where you cut out everything you can still have your, your bit of junk food but mostly eating healthy and just i got my oatmeal oatmeal for me is gang, gang. amazing oatmeal yeah, with vegan protein people are like that's yo it. vegan that's what steel cut life man yo and bananas <laughs> and stuff so that's how i keep my energy up and then consistently you can actually only do something for 45 minutes straight I heard it was less than that. I heard it was like 25. Well, this is the last thing I heard. 45 oh, minutes. I wish, maybe it's, man. I guess it depends on the person, maybe. Okay, I'm underachieving that for sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm 25 minutes, dude. Yeah, but I would actually, in those 15 minutes extra each hour, you do something or watch something or listen to something that will inspire you again. You got to keep yourself up, keep your spirits up. 3 p.m. on average is a time where your energies are its lowest. So whether you're at work or at home, you need to do something. Stop looking at Instagram. Yeah. Stop looking at every negative thing that makes you feel like crap. I do it. Yeah. But what's the point? I, I did it last week. I was watching. I was like, oh, the, who's this person? Oh, this person's doing that. What? Their house looks big. Yeah, Dude, that's crazy. How I know that we, we were fucked as a generation is just ride the TTC and just watch what people are doing <laughs> on their phones. Like, I try not to sit yeah. down. I try to stand up. And right. I try to be silent sometimes. I try to listen to podcasts, music. And then I'll sometimes, like, hover over somebody's phone. I'm one of those creeps. And I'm like, what are you doing on your phone? Yeah. Like, I can read everything you're typing and the DMs you're sending. But most of the time, it's just, like, this mindless refresh of the Instagram yeah. feed. And that bothers me so much because I'm like, what? Like, I can't believe it's come down to this like there's nothing else that's stimulating you in this moment and you just want to refresh this feed in the hopes that somebody you already know is going to give you some update about their life that you really don't care about there's nothing actionable over here but you know that leads to my second question maybe i'm quick to judge over here and maybe maybe that's the case maybe these are people who are who have had really difficult intense exhausting days and are just trying to decompress. Mm. But in your case, though, like this is a podcast that spotlights the people who don't feel that and mm. persist and move on to the other thing. Yeah. How do you then have a really busy day at work and then have enough energy to go to an acting class after? How do you have enough energy to go and do something creative in the evenings? You know, it's funny. I've never, I drank coffee once in my life. I don't drink pop. Um, my thing is literally, and it sounds cheesy, but it's my drive to do it. I could be tired as hell, but once I... I push myself to do it. I know it's for something bigger. And once I get there, I'm actually awake. Interesting though. So I'm, I'm going to push you on that a little bit. Like what is the price that you pay for that level of output? Cause I feel like, right. I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not quite buying that you have like that much energy during the day to be effective in your role and then come home and then be as effective. You'd be surprised. No, I'm, I, I, I know I want to be surprised because yeah. I, I want to learn this from you because I have these long days where I come home and I'm like, I, today's there's going to be no content creation tonight. Mm -hmm. I'm spent. I'm just going to consume content instead. How do I then train myself? What habits can I build 
to be able to say, hey, let's pull out the camera, let's cut a video right now. As I said before, learning, teaching yourself at every chance that you get that, for instance, in Photoshop, I didn't know how to do a certain thing. I would watch it during work when I was able to, and that would pump me up. I'm like, okay, I know how to do it. I'm going to go try it. And I'd be realistic if I'm doing a YouTube video and I'm like, oh, it's not working right now. I'll just stop it and I'd do something else to wind down or like mm. chill out. So I'm not like a super human where I'm like, ah, oh, I'm just going, going, going. I take that time. But when I'm on, I'm on because I know that there's a reason I'm doing it. So this is interesting. I think you've you've answered the question for me over here very, and you've reminded me of something that I think I've forgotten, mm -hmm. which is if you want to get good at something, you have to like it because if you don't like it, you're not going to do enough. And if you don't do enough, you're not going to be good at it. Yeah. So you feel like, I feel like you genuinely enjoy what it is that you do outside of work and during work as well, mm -hmm. such that every day feels like one big hobby that you're getting paid yes. for. Yes. Everything, everything I do, I believe it's valuable. It's all currency to me, mm -hmm. world currency, because I'm learning something that's valuable yeah. to myself and to people. Well, look at us right now. We're here on a Sunday afternoon. We're cutting a cutting a podcast. Yeah, doesn't feel like work to me, right? Something that I like doing, something that I enjoy doing. Very interesting, man. What are some bad energy habits that you had to overcome to get to where Chris Diverse, Chris Backus is right now? So um, <clears throat> I I'm aware, as I said, I'm aware of my bad my maladaptive behaviors one Good being word. overthinking yeah. um i overthink a lot oh should i have added this perfectionist type of thing should i have added this or done this another is being too hard on myself and caring what people think so how do i counter that i do things like acting class where you have to be vulnerable so this is an amazing thing hamza it's it's actually very interesting our day-to-day -day business stuff you are taught to let go of your emotion and just do things. You're a robot. When I'm in acting class, it's the opposite. Right. So I came late yesterday and I was pissed at myself because I'm like, man. And I sat, she said, it's okay, the teacher. I sat down. So how you do it? You sit down in front of a camera that's on your face and everyone's watching you. You can't hide. So you can't lie. You can't nothing. And I sat down and she said to me right in front of the class, she's like, are you okay? And I said, no, I'm pissed off that I'm late. Chris, it doesn't matter. You can't keep that stuff there. You need to just let yourself be who you are. Just be. And so I acted. I started acting. Where she's telling me be emotional and be, be who I am, my boss at work would say, nah, you have to be what we want you to be. Mm -hmm. So this is cognitive dissonance between the two disciplines. Right? Yeah. Two but, different ways of being. Yeah, but the reason it works for me, and I'm going to keep going back to this, you have to know yourself inside out. You have to know your bad things yeah oh i overthink i'm doing this wrong okay does this help me okay cool i'll take that good part of it oh this helps me in this way so i take everything and i take the, the things that help me i don't give a shit about the rest that's how i operate if i'm talking to you right now i'm taking the, the interesting things that you're saying i'm like hmm hamza said this i'm gonna incorporate that and that is why i don't get jealous of people i have friends who are doing way better than me i've never looked at them and said oh I see them as on equal ground because we all have opportunities to do things. Yeah. Uh, most of us, I would say. Some of us are very fortunate and we can just, I just see it as I'm just going to build myself and become the best version of myself. I love that, man. That's really good I advice. I hope that makes man. sense. Oh, that makes a lot of sense, <laughs> man. That's fantastic, man. And like, in just wrapping up this performance point segment and then we mm -hmm. go into the rapid fire round. Sure. Uh, three questions about how you manage your attention and optimize that. The first is how do you avoid getting distracted by YouTube and social media? We touched upon it earlier, mm -hmm. but like, let's get into some specific practices that you have to prevent yourself from getting overwhelmed, and especially when you're being creative yeah. by what's happening on your phone, what's happening on the World Wide Web. 
my phone in general is usually on silent and it or it's off yeah. especially when i train myself with people i don't keep my phone on i turn it off or i do this you know any of that stuff um so it's actually not a problem to me uh to answer that question then to not distract yourself you need to train yourself to not need your phone like literally right. put it down you don't need to use your phone every second of the day yeah um and know why you're doing what you're doing if you're doing a youtube video to to stress re- release then do that the phone is going to stress you out most of the time so why not do something that's more productive and helps you out and do you think in our time in our lifetime we're going to see like f- technology and social media rehab centers maybe I think about this all the time. I think yeah, I think not? that it's going to be a reality, man. Like it's it behaves in the same way that a drug does. I mean, it has all the same characteristics. If you just replace technology and social media with cocaine or meth or whatever, yeah, and it's just, a reward system. That's what it is. What it is? It uh, what's the, is it the limbic system that it that it um, for reward for reward? Like what is what is? The, I, I, know, I was listening to this on another podcast, but there's one center of your brain that's responsible for like sensory pleasures for touch. And for, um, fuck, I can't remember. He's this. testing me on something that I studied seven I know, years ago. Right? So I'm, I actually had a podcast uh, with one of my friends who did neuroscience with me in the same classes. Yeah. And we talked about one thing and then we're both like, what the hell? What the hell was it? We yeah. were talking about how we did neuroscience. Cause yeah, I don't, I actually don't remember. I got, I got to, I got to rem- remember what this is because I feel like I, I was listening to this podcast. I was in the gym and I thought to myself, wow, all of the social t- networks, all, every app that I know has done such a great job of tapping into that yeah. and really just hacking and overriding that part of the brain that makes you not want to do anything else such that yeah. anything that's less stimulating than what's on Instagram is yeah. just boring by comparison. Like you just ignore it. You don't want to do it. Like yeah. watching TV, for instance, like who, who sits down and watches TV anymore? Like TV is just like a shitty phone, you know? I do. <laughs> what do you watch? Uh, YouTube, Jason Momoa videos, Will Smith but videos. Do you watch it uninterrupted though? Like, well, I watch. I feel the like there's always a second screen open at the same time. No, you know what it is. I feel unproductive when I watch things, so I can only watch for like ten minutes. I get up and I do something else. Interesting, I man. I, I feel like I'm wasting my life when I just do one thing. I sit there and. So on on that note, like that uncertainty about the other thing that you should be doing, like how do you how do you have the confidence to keep yourself going down that chosen path, knowing that there's this nebulous unknown out there? It's like, you know, you're faced with the prospect of. Chris is moving through the world, moving through my life, moving through my career. And there's a lot of things that I don't know. How do you have confidence to keep moving forward? Because what choice do you have? Either you work for someone else for the rest of your life doing things that you don't want to do, or you can sit there doing nothing at all, or you can go into that unknown. And wherever it takes you, it'll be better than the other two things that you thought you should could have done. Mm-hmm. I see it as a learning experience and I don't mind having a surprise at the end. Either I'll do an amazing job or I'll fall flat. It doesn't matter. You live, as Drake says, you only live once. YOLO. Well, yeah, YOLO. And uh, that's why, how I want to live it. There, There is some wisdom to like these things that we see now as cliche. Like if you're going through hell, keep going or keep moving forward or wake up and choose your, like, pursue your dreams. But I think the reason why we laugh at them is because we know subconsciously that they're true. Like they're, they are... The, essentially like the fundamental instructions of life to keep moving forward. Because if you don't, you're going to give in to some of the procrastination and some of the the bad habits that will just consume you. Like you're going to be listening to Kiss 92 and eating fries for the rest of your life, man. We're organic machines. And that's the thing that people don't realize. You get programmed very easily. If you do something 21 days in a row, that will become a habit. Mm -hmm. If you don't stop it, if you don't look inwards or realize what you're doing, you're just going to keep doing it. And um, I think there's two aspects, you having that strength in yourself to recognize it and having a great social uh, group 
Here's one quick story I'm going to give you Please, that's man. very uh, inspiring to me. Uh, I mentioned earlier, I worked with people who had strokes for five years because yeah. I wanted to go into med school and uh, become a doctor. So I worked with people with apraxia, aphasia, and dysphagia, what those mean, different ways the motor, you can't speak anymore or you can't think up here. And so what you say doesn't make sense. Um, and what I found, they, most of them exhibited the same signs, contralateral uh, paralysis, wheelchairs, uh, couldn't read, whatnot. One particular person, this Italian man, um, why I say Italian, I, I say his heritage because in general, a lot of Italians are very family-oriented, right? They're big on that. So whereas someone else would have just had their husband or wife by their side and they're kind of like tripping out, oh my God, and they're hating themselves, this guy, he told me, he's like, hey man, you know when I was in that hospital for six months, I had my family every day, they come in, they give me love, They'd be there for like three hours a day, whether it's my son and daughter or my wife and my my mom, whatever. And then when he came out, most people, you know, the water bottle physio, it's like use the water bottle. He went into a gym. Oh, he didn't give a damn. damn what they said. This is straight up. This is a miracle story, but he used like a two pound weight. And he's like, oh, and he said, man, there was days I couldn't do it. And I wanted to kill myself, but I did it anyways. I kept going. And now, surprisingly, he's walking normally. No wheelchair. He was paralyzed in his right arm. Never again. It's wow. gone. The only limit he has now is reading. He can't read. He look at me. He's like, what does that say? That's it. Sure. But hey, man, the guy overcame every other aspect because of that positivity in himself, the people around him, and him just keep, he just kept going. He didn't know if he'd ever like not be paralyzed again, but he still did it. And so he trained himself like he came up with the habits that would just get him out of that situation which is like having family accepting the fact that family and friends wanted to visit him all the time yeah and then going to the gym and giving him these difficult challenges wow yeah, versus, versus another client who actually said oh, I, I suck every yeah. day they got worse negative self-talk yeah yeah and uh, just one thing neuroplasticity right we all know about this now the brain can actually change its course with the neurons mm -hmm. um, if you something was uh, operating in the left hemisphere it can actually reroute to the right hemisphere something right. else can take over for quite a few different things i'm seeing this now with my friends like shout out to amir shout out to azim and, and jawad like these are three guys who <laughs> they'll tell you themselves like they just gave up on going to the gym yeah uh, like amir hasn't been to the gym in six months i don't know how long azim hasn't been to the gym and jawad's just like fuck it man. i'm not working out at all and i fell into that trap as well where i told myself i don't want to go to the gym i don't enjoy anything about the gym and you know i started to see negative effects in my life i started to see that i was putting on weight i was starting to become sluggish yeah. uh became even negative to a certain extent you know probably contributed negatively to my mental health um i still don't like going to the gym but i've trained myself much in the same way that, as you've alluded to in these stories to go to the gym every single day like we actually had satish balan two weeks ago who said something that has now become a phrase that i've, I've taken he said wow. that i can't show up for the world unless i show up to the gym yeah. more or less and so i've now trained myself to say that this is a necessary part of what i need to do to show up to the world and be more present. And I love that. I love, I, I'm going to think, you know, you've given me a lot of things to think about here, Chris, but one of them is going to be neuroplasticity. And what are the, what are the habits that I need to change in my mind that are simply just one toggle away? Yeah. They actually thought, uh, scientists thought for a long time that your brain just degenerates when you're old. That's not true, eh? It's not true. Hmm. It may go slower. There may be a few things that run slower, but they do still regenerate to oh, a specific uh, capacity instead of all just dying out well brother let's let's put your brain to the test over here with the rapid fire round man let's uh i'm gonna ask you 21 questions okay 
you got the 50 cent card, so I can't do a good 50 cent <laughs> impression over here. But I'm going to ask you 21 questions. Um, what, how this is going to work is, is you're going to just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, let's do this. And if we need to go off on a tangent, if we need to explore something, we'll do that. But for the most part, let's try to bang out these 21. Okay. And then uh, we'll wrap it up, man. Wow. Perfect. This is this has been great, man. This is yeah. this is definitely going to be the first of many conversations that we have. Yeah, I agree. You ready for this, Chris? Let's go. Question number one. What's the last book you read? Uh, Dark Matter. Bye. I don't remember. That's really good. <laughs> uh, what are three podcasts you regularly listen to? Go-Giver Podcast, Tim Ferriss Podcast, and um, Dove Baron Podcast. The most fun celebrity impression to do? Ooh. See, I like doing the Morgan Freeman one, which I just did earlier. It's Can you answer this next question in, in a Morgan Freeman voice? All right. I don't know if it's a good Morgan Freeman. Uh, your favorite album of all time? Oh, man. I don't know. Uh, can, Let I, me narrow it down for you. Favorite rap album of all time? Rap album? See, okay, here. here I know this is rapid fire. Go for it. But I don't listen to albums, albums. I listen to songs, singular songs. Mm, okay. I don't listen to albums. Interesting. Then let me rephrase this question. What is a, a, a classic song that you revisit from time to time? <laughs> What's happening? What's happening about Method Man? <laughs> Very good, man. I'm Busta. A game-changing book that everyone should read. Oh, um, I love The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Mark Manson, right? I love that book. Um, your favorite singer, Dead or Alive? Oh, man. You know what? I like Lorena McKennett, Irish Celtic singer. There we go. You're on fire, buddy. <laughs> the last movie you watched? Uh, Into the Spider-Verse. So good, man. Yeah. Your favorite childhood TV show? <laughs> Arthur. <laughs> Yo, shout out to Arthur, man. Yeah. That library song is etched in my head forever, man. And I'm that friends with the Muffy voice isn't... actress. So Get it's, out. <laughs> it's really weird. Really, eh? Yeah. Damn. How'd you meet her? Just voice acting. What does she do nowadays? She's voice acting. <laughs> yeah, she's sorry. teaching voice acting. Teaching now. voice acting. Yeah, right. she's great. I I wonder if they could do like a like a grown up version of Arthur. Like, <laughs> I would love to see where all, like all the characters are at nowadays. Like what's Buster up to? Like what's Miss Frizzle doing? Not Miss Frizzle is a totally different show. Man. Ooh, Mr. Ratburn. Shout yeah. out to Mr. Ratburn, man. Um, what does a person need to be happy? Themselves. I don't know if that makes sense. No, that's perfectly fine. What's one thing a Toronto man can't live without? <laughs> yo, saying Toronto mans cannot live without, um, yo, their money. No, I'm joking. I don't agree with that. See, metro got, Pass. No, Metro Pass. See? <laughs> yeah. What's an app you can't live without? Um, the, that's a good question. Damn, these are good. You know what? I'm just going to say my podcast app because it inspires me every sure, day. man. You're on fire, buddy. Halfway through this. What's your UFC walkout song? I don't watch the UFC. Boxing. But if I had to choose. Wrestling. Or wrestling. If I had to choose, though. Sure. Um, What's that Nas song? That there's you no you can hate me now yeah yes. so good fantastic that's actually if you ever watched a YouTube uh, documentary on how uh, that music video came to be super interesting I think there's actually a Drink Champs story behind that too yeah. so good if you could trade lives with anyone for a day who would it be wow you know what Will Smith why not man who's an actor you're inspired by <laughs> Will Smith there you go <laughs> what is the most interesting thing you have right now in your wallet hmm. What do I have? 
uh, a Scotia Momentum card that I, I couldn't get <laughs> until I got this job. I'm like, yo, I, I made worked it. my way up to that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting points now. Yeah. Who gets the worm, early bird or night owl? Damn, it depends. Uh, I would say the uh, early bird. What's one thing most people get wrong about YouTubers? That their jobs are easy. Mm. It's very hard. Who's a mentor that changed your life? Uh, you know what? I have someone at my workplace now who has actually changed me from a just do things to an analytical person. Like actually figuring out things with a plan. Mm-hmm. So applying a strategy, applying a roadmap to whatever idea you have. Saying why. Why did this happen this way? Very How interesting. Fix that? Yeah. Brampton or Scarborough? Oh, Scarborough, man, for the night. Yes, eh? thank you, man. We yeah, finally eh? balanced it out, man. We had the first three po- first three guests on, I think. Uh, we had, uh, not George, so Asawa, Mahfouz, and Daniel, all yeah. proudly representing the Peel region. And then last episode, we had uh, Jasmine, we had Satish, and now we have you. So we just balanced out the Scarborough representation over yeah. here. I'm very happy with that. Um, how do you personally define success? Success is reaching a point in your life where you feel that you've achieve what you wanted to achieve and you're happy if you were to die the next day you're you're to die tomorrow and you know that you've done what you've set out to do boom last question for you sir the best piece of advice that you've ever received why okay why not why not do things this is there's literally two words why not do what you want to do if you want to kayak why don't you do it instead of saying oh making excuse 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 why not Mm. just do it i love that man yeah eventually we're going to evolve the structure of the podcast naming conventions so that you know right now it's just going to say like ideas into action number seven featuring chris backus but i want to i want to go back listen to all the episodes and find that one key phrase or key word that gives a theme to everything so i think this one is definitely going to be why not i love it yeah Brother, that's it. We did it, man. We This was a long one, man. We did like an hour and a half. Really? That's fantastic. I think we, we set a new record over here. This is super exciting, man. And then we're just going to go with this last segment over here, which get as, get as excited as you can about this, man. Like fire in the All booth right, style. Let's do this. Fire let's in do the do booth. Um, what are some upcoming projects or events that you're excited about? What's ha- tell give, a, give us a lowdown on what's happening in, in the Christiverse. Uh, so I have a podcast coming out in a few weeks. I won't talk any more about that yet. And on Crystalverse itself, I have a lot of skits. So I've restructured the way I'm doing it. I'm excited for that. Also in the acting world and voice acting world, I'm always doing features on other channels for voice acting. And I'm honing my skills on acting and I'm gonna get an agent so I can get some bigger roles. Boom, right on brother. And where can people find more information about you online? Uh, YouTube.com slash Christoverse or Instagram.com slash Christoverse. Perfect, man. And what's one thing that you want everyone to check out right after this? Of my own stuff? Of your own or anything at all, man. I would say just check out my YouTube channel and you'll see what I've been working on. That's it. Like, subscribe, share, all of that stuff, man. Fantastic, brother. Any final words of wisdom for the Ideas Into Action community? I just want you guys to please look inwards and love yourself. It sounds really cliche, but once you do that, sky's the limit. You can do whatever you want because nothing will touch you. Love it, brother. You're an absolute gem. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, man. Ideas into action community, we're out. Yeah, peace.